Church. Good afternoon, everyone. Amen. <laughs> if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing a very familiar hymn, hymn 596, hymn 596, and then we'll have an open word of prayer, hymn 596, Victory in Jesus. Hymn 596, hymn 596, Victory in Jesus, and then we'll have an opening uh, word of prayer. Yeah. 
pray. Father, thank you for the victory there is in Jesus' name. Thank you that we can meet together as a body of believers and celebrate that victory, Father. We just prayed everything that's said and done here today will honor and glorify your son, Jesus Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. As he's lifted up today, Father, if there's one here who doesn't know him as Savior and Lord, that they'll come to know him today, Father. Bless your word as it's preached. We're asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue in praise, we can celebrate the victory because we know he lives. Amen. Hymn 142, hymn 142, because he lives. Because he lives. Hymn 142.
welcome to our afternoon service. We're glad you're here. Uh, if you're not a visitor here today, raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. We're glad that you're here. Welcome to our afternoon service, and thank you for coming. Preacher, you come lead us in an offering. Amen. Now, remember, we said since y'all y'all were here this morning, right? Y'all heard all the announcements this morning, right? You got your bulletins, right? Good. Amen. We're all good then. Amen. So uh, we, we, I like to, that way we just spend more time singing and preaching, amen? amen. So uh, if you have any questions about anything, let me know. Uh, I will say one thing real quick, and that is for the sight and sound. Uh, we'll have the, uh, uh, the prices on there. If you have any questions about that, I, I mean for the rooms and the tickets, please come see me because we need to get that. Uh, we want you to go, but we need to get that. Uh, if you'd like to go, get that on there. Uh, I think it's like, it, you know, for most folks, it's uh, like $62 a ticket. If Malachi goes, it's $162 a ticket. Amen? You know, so. <laughs> uh, but, but please, sign up out there. We need that done as quickly as possible, all right? Well, you ready to have another offering? Amen. You know, this is really, this is an awesome thing. We get to, have an, we get to go to church twice in one day. We get to sing songs twice in one day. We get to have an offering twice in one day. Amen. And I'm, you know, so if you didn't give this morning, I want you to take this opportunity uh, to do so. Father, thank you for the blessings of, uh, of being together today. And Lord, and worshiping you. Thank you, Father, for that. And pray, God, that you just bless now today. Lord, I pray that you bless the service this afternoon. We need you, Lord. And God, without you, we're of sounding of brass and tinkling cymbal and God, I never want to do that. I want to be feel the presence of the Spirit of God in everything that we do, Lord. Not just here, but, Lord, in our lives and in my life, God. I pray for the Spirit of God, Lord, to just uh, speak to me every moment of every day. And so, Lord, I pray and thank you for that privilege. Bless this offering. Lord, we pray, God, that you'd bless the gift and the giver. May everything that's given be used for the cause of Christ in a way, God, that... Uh, Lord, bring honor and glory to your name. So thank you again for this privilege. Bless the offering in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you come. First and last verses of Blessed Assurance. Hymn 393, hymn 393, Blessed Assurance. First and last verses. Sing along.
Bible-believing, born-again child of God, Amen. then you have that blessed assurance that you're saved, saved, saved. Hymn 353, hymn 353, we're going to sing hymn 353, save, save, save. Afterwards, please greet each other at the conclusion of this hymn. Amen.
Very good. Thank you so much. Martin's in, uh, and uh, um, Car- Carly did a great job. Amen. I think that pre- a preacher and I were talking one day about uh, the choir and how good it's been since we've had new voices. Things like uh, Miss Zoe. But then he said, Brother Frank is eh. And so uh, <laughs> no, we really appreciate you both. It's been a wonderful addition to our music system. And I appreciate them. Amen. And you should tell them that too because nobody else does. And uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. All right. See, it's after lunch. I'm ready to take a nap. All right. Take your Bibles and open, if you will, to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Once you found Daniel chapter 3, if you'd stand. We're not going to read out of it. I just want you to find it. Uh, <laughs> Daniel chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 27 of Daniel chapter 3. In my Bible, it's page 904. If you don't have that kind of Bible, you need to get right with God and buy the one I have. No, I'm <laughs> just joking. Uh, but it's uh, Daniel chapter 3. We're going to start with verse number 27 and read through verse number 30. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the kings and the counselors be, uh, being gathered uh, together saw these men upon uh, the bodies. Uh, had, the fire had no power. Nor was their hair or their uh, their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed upon them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man, wouldn't that be great if somebody said, Praise the God and called your name. Amen. Boy, that'd be wonderful. Who has sent their angel to deliver his servants that trusted in him and has changed the king's word. And yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speaketh anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Boy, that's going to hair lip a lot of people right there, you know. All those people that were trying to get them killed. Uh, 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 shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. You know, we live in a day where we need to see God's power. We live in a day where we need to see something out of the ordinary happen that God gets the glory for, that will transform the world around us. Without that, we stay on the path we're on right now. So I want to talk to you on this subject tonight. Whose power are you trusting in? Whose power are you trusting in? Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the message we're about to hear. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you do what I cannot do. I've talked to you about this. I've got to have your help. I can't help anybody on my own. I can't preach on my own. I don't even know what to say most of the time, nor remember what I'm supposed to say without your help, without your guidance, without your power, without your leadership. Most importantly, I ask that you flow through me to your people and cause we, your people, to gather closer to you to allow you to have your way and your will in our life that we might be the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that this generation so sorely needs. For we ask it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So much today, we hear of people who are trying to dominate others. To get others to trust in their power and no other power. We see this in our schools today. I'm not here to bash schools. I'm not going to go after schools, but this is a good illustration of what's going on in our society today. We see schools today where school boards are attempting to take all authority away from parents. So they can teach your child that God is a fool and doesn't know what he's doing when he's creating people and children are born. Okay? That the child's birth, they don't, what they received at birth isn't necessarily the right one. And that they have the choice, uh, the chance to choose without parents knowing. So we're going to give your kids drugs or surgical procedures or whatever it takes behind your back. Because some little three-year-old said one time when they were a girl, boy, I think it'd be fun to be a boy. Or some boy one day said, boy, it'd be nice to be a girl just for a moment. And now they're going to be doomed for a life of torment. Because other people want to take the authority away from the parents right. and not let the parents make their decision. Yeah. By the way, it's totally untrue that God made you wrong at birth. Yeah. God made you like you were on purpose. Yeah. God made me as good looking as I am because that's, he did that on purpose. Amen. God made preacher to look like he does well on purpose. Amen. Amen. Every, everybody has their crosses to bear. And, and so uh, we have to do what we have to do. Amen. God made us like we, God gave us the personalities that we have on purpose. Right. Amen. Amen. Because there's people that I can reach that others who, who don't have my personality can reach. And there's people I'm never going to reach because I got such a warped personality. Amen. Amen. And so everybody's got to be in business for the Lord, doing the Lord's work, because there's, everybody was created on purpose like they are with as little or as much hair as they may have, with as little or as much bulk. That's a nice way of saying whether you're fat or not, uh, that they have. Uh, God made you on purpose like you are. By the way, there's a thing called a chromosome. See, we can't, there's some, some seem to forget that there's a thing called a chromosome, and every person has chromosomes in there as a part of their DNA molecule building, okay, uh, which makes up what and who you are. A male is an XY, has an XY chromosome in their DNA, and guess what you can never change? That chromosome. A female has an XX chromosome that is in their DNA, and guess what you can never change? You can never change that chromosome in your DNA. So when God created you, he created you on purpose, the way you are. And it's about time we start to accept the fact that God knows what he's doing and we don't. It's about time we start to realize in America today that God is real. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God can solve all problems if we just keep our stinking fingers out of the way and allow him to be God. Amen. Amen. For those who are trying to teach this wicked and false conception to our child, what they're trying to do is simply control your child. Yeah. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to control you. Yeah. We can see this happen in other places as well. Uh, this happened all over the world just a few months ago in China on July 3rd of 2023. The Chinese police raided a church of our friend and missionary, Gene Harmon. Many people don't even know that. Uh, the, 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 uh, the police did not get violent. 
They they, what they did do was confiscate their property, but they didn't arrest anyone. They did, however, force them to move out of their facility and told their landlord that the church could no longer gather there. They, were, uh, they also chained and locked the front doors of the church building and sealed the doors with some papers to ensure that they didn't sneak back into the facility. The good news is that that morning, the police raided this church at, uh, and they arrived at the end of the service as they were preparing to baptize. They were preparing to baptize 11 people. So one of the church members volunteered their home and everybody went to the church member's house and they voluntarily baptized the 11 people there. Praise the Lord, amen. amen. So I guess they didn't get their way, but they wanted to get their way. God used, by the way, Brother Harmon says, the size of their church to confuse the police. The police were overheard to say that they couldn't believe that they had so many people gathered together to worship this Christ Jesus guy. There was over 200 plus people there. This large number of people worshiping Christ discombobulated, to quote Brother uh, um, uh, uh, whoever he was, uh, Harmon, discombobulated the police. So they didn't really know what for sure what to do with such a large crowd of believers. So as it turns out, they were polite and gave them a day to remove all their belongings and put them in storage. This is par for the course, by the way, in communist countries where the government wants you to put your trust and power in them and no authority in Jesus Christ. You can see it, same thing in Daniel chapter 3. The same thing, this is the government trying to come in and telling you what you should believe, what you should worship, when you should believe, and when you should worship, okay? And what you should worship. Let's look at the beginning of this chapter, of chapter 3 and verse number 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was made an image of gold whose height was three score uh, cubits and his breath was therefore uh, thereof six cubits and he set it up in the, in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar the king uh, sent to gather together the, the, the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and all the rulers of the province to come uh, to the dedication of the image of ne uh, which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and all the rulers of the province were gathered together into the de to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, had, uh, the king, had set up, that they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Are you getting the impression that Nebuchadnezzar set this up? Um, <clears throat> then he, uh, the herald cried aloud to, uh, to you, it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sax, but the, oh, I'm the... Harold, the guy there, okay. Uh, uh, the pulsary, the ducklimer, and all kinds of music that you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever uh, falleth not down and worship uh, shall the same hour be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at the time when the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the pulsary, and all kinds of music, all the people and the nations and the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So he made what they were going to do. So set up in the service and pay attention. And uh, so, so, so. So what, what happens here is that the, he made it the God, he made the time, he made the hour, he set up the praise, he set up the worship, and said, everybody's going to do this or I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We know that in Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 12, 
there were certain Jews whom had set up over the affairs of the prince uh, of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thy word. We got tattletales in the crowd. You're always going to have it. Everybody's being watched all the time. Your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, folks are watching what you and I do. And the king has not regarded thee. They serve not the God nor worship the golden image which thou set up. And Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. He's ticked off. He's angry. What do you mean not to worship me? I made this. I set it up. You do what I say or else. That's, by the way, how a lot of the world is today. Amen. Even at your job, you find that's how it can be. You can find that's how it is in a lot of places with a lot of things. You do what I tell you to do. You don't think on your own. You don't act on your own. You do exactly what I say. You breathe when I tell you to breathe. Come on. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Oh, it's true. Is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Come on. I know who you guys. Is it really true that you did this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my God or worship the golden image which I have set up? When did they ever think that they would do this? Have they not, since they were young with Daniel, not done anything that their God or their commands were given to them? Did they not ask that they would have the food and water that their faith taught them that they should have for drink and for food instead of eating that which the heathens were eating? So what makes you think, O king, what makes you think that, O king, that they're going to do what you tell them to do? Now, if you be ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sex, but pulsar, ducklimer, and all kinds of music, fall down and worship the image that I've made. Well, but if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that will deliver you out of my hand? He's not real. We all know that. No God's real. We all make them all up. That's, that, by the way, that's what they thought. Because right. that is what man does. There's only one true God. Amen. And they happen to worship that God. I love this. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O king, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. We don't even have to think about it. We ain't got to pray about it. We don't got to go, oh, I wonder what would happen if. Well, maybe we should. Oh, no, we're not even careful here. We know exactly what we're going to do. We're not doing it. That's what they were saying. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of the, uh, thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God. So what? If I lose my life because I'm going to stand for what I believe, take it. Right. If God doesn't want to deliver me, that's okay with me. I'm going to walk with him regardless of what you say. Boy, how we need Christians today that are going to be willing to stand up and say, I don't care what the world says. I don't care how the world behaves. I don't care what they're asking of me. I'm going to stand for Jesus Christ no matter what. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Then something amazing happens. They throw him into the fire. Now, 
time goes in verse 28. What happens? A great announcement. And Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and delivered his servants that trusted in him. Trusted. They didn't trust in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't trust in a king. They didn't trust the sheriff would deliver me, let me out of prison. I could sneak out the back door and go hide in the woods. Uh Uh-uh. They said, King, we're going to take this stand, throw us in. And God says, I'll take care of you. And he did. You say, well, they knew God was going to do that. They did not because they said, if not, we die, which is probably what's going to happen here. At least we know we stood. What would have that would have never happened where King Nebuchadnezzar saw the power of God and all the people of Babylon saw the power of God if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had never stood. Sometimes I wonder what would happen if someone just continued to trust God and not themselves or something or someone else and just let God lead them with their life. What amazing thing could happen? I wonder today, what amazing things are we missing in this world today that should be here because people are not trusting in the Lord alone, but are trusting in other things Instead, what is it that would have happened in this country, in the United States of America, if the Christians stood according to the word of God and would not bow down? Would not say, we're going to act like the world and talk like the world. We're going to put blue lights up here in a clear pulpit and a little stool to sit on. And we're going to sing rock music and have an have a, have a, uh, entertainment service. And then just a little bit of preaching. But we don't make sure we don't talk about sin at all because we surely don't want to offend anyone. Dear Lord, that someone should be offended because they're a sinner. Well, that's how our churches are today. That's how we behave ourselves. And I wonder, honest to goodness, I wonder where this miracle would be and what it would be if God's people just said, I'm just going to trust God. I don't care what you say, government. Oh, you say, well, that doesn't happen. I don't know. I'm going to use one word, COVID. (laughs) How many churches shut down? Hello, how many churches said, okay, Mr. Government, we're going to bow down at your command. Oh, we know that God says in, in his word that, do not forsake the gathering together of myself as a manner of some is. But you said no, so okay, we're going to bow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. You say, well, we just did that for safety. No, you did that because the government said so because they lied to you. Right. And they lied to me. And we don't like to hear that today right. because we don't want to feel bad. Right. Because we don't want to be put on that list. 
that says they're a heretic to the government. Heretic, right here, put my name down. Underline it, put it in parentheses, put quotations of mark around it, and put it all in capital letters because I ain't bowing down. I don't care if it's this government or any other government, I'm not bowing down. I have a God that I must serve, will serve, and will continue to serve no matter what man has to say. But see, what we do is we place our trust in other things. We place our trust in government. We place trust in our money. We place our trust in our job. We place our trust in religions. We place our trust in people, parents, friends, sports heroes, even pastors. Can I tell you a secret about a pastor? They're sinners just like you. Do you know how a pastor gets dressed? One leg at a time, he puts his pants on. One arm at a time, he puts his shirt on. Buttons them up each one button at a time. And as you get older, you got to re-button a couple of them because you didn't get them buttoned all the way the first time. Human, sinner, just a different job. We get to get up and holler, and you have to endure it. Please realize that you can place your faith in nothing, no man, no woman, no government, no authority other than Jesus Christ, because that's the only one. So we need to do one thing. You ready? Stop! Put the brakes on. Bridges out. Bridges out. So we must stop doing that. Psalm five, chapter four, and verse number five. Oh, sacrifices of righteousness, and put your trust in the Lord. Psalm thirty-seven, three. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and thou shalt be fed. Psalm one, nineteen, and verse number eight. It is better to trust in the Lord than put your confidence in man. Listen, if you put confidence in me, I'm always going to disappoint you. I love our preacher. But if you put your trust in him, he's going to disappoint you sooner or later. He's just a human being. Human beings aren't Jesus. They cannot be what man imagines them to be. Verse, uh, Proverbs 29 and verse number 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, yes. but whoso put their trust in the Lord shall be safe. Right. Proverbs 31 and verse number 6. I have hated them that regardeth lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. We have to place our trust in the right things and not the wrong things. We must put our trust in the Lord. So how can we change? It seems like that has become the custom of today. How can I change? So I'm going to give you a few things and we're going to go home. Are you ready? Number one, read your Bible. Read your Bible. 
So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 7. Read your Bible. If there's been anything I've said, I think this is our ninth year here. If there's anything I've said in this pulpit over and over and over again is read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. If I've said everything in Sunday school class over and over again, it's been read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Get a Bible reading schedule. Read your Bible. Let the Bible become real to you. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Can I tell you why? I can't tell you the things that God wants you to have, but he can in his Bible. Read his word. You cannot do anything at all without knowing what the word of God says. How can I know what God's will is if I don't read what he said? How can you as a dad lead your family if you don't know what the word says? How can you as a wife be a good wife and a good mother if you don't know what the word of God says? How can you be a good teenager or a good child if you don't know what the word of God says? If, how can you be a good student if you don't know what the word of God says? How can you be a good employee if you don't know what the word of God says? Read the Bible. Man, we need it. This is the day if ever there's been a day that we must know the word of God. We've got to know that. We've got to know that. You've got to read your Bible. If I could do anything, I plead with you. I beg of you, please read your Bible. It changes you. I can't change. Listen, I love preaching. I love it when a preacher gets up here and hollers and screams and I can't follow what he's saying, but I just love the hollering and the screaming. Amen. He's, he's quoting the word of God. I love it. I would rather have that than anything else in the world. But that's not going to cause me to fall in love with the Bible. I love to preach. I love to get up here and yell and holler and scream so you guys can't follow what I'm saying. You just go, hey, he's exciting. (laughs) But that's not going to help you fall in love with the word of God. It's not going to tell you where to go. It's not going to tell you how to function. It's not going to tell you what the will of God is for your life. Only this will. Only this will. If you don't follow this by reading it, allowing the Holy Spirit to explain, you say, well, I don't understand anything when I read it. Well, good. Congratulations. Welcome to the crowd. You're not supposed to figure it out. You know who is? Holy Spirit. So before I read the Bible, every time I sit down, Holy Spirit, I'm a knucklehead. And I am. I just, I'm a moron wrapped in an idiot, and I don't know how to figure any of this out. So Holy Spirit, I beg you, please. Teach me as I'm reading this morning. Every day I do that. Every time I open it up, I do that. Because he's got to teach me. My wife can't teach me. She's figured that out in her 44 years of marriage. She can't teach me flip, Wilson. I mean, uh, some of you old people will get that part. I just, I've got to depend on him. I can't figure it out. If I'm going to try to figure it out myself, I'm going to get it wrong. Oh, I know. I'll go get a commentary. You know what a commentary is? Commentary is a book written by men who don't know what they're doing, trying to tell you that they know what you're supposed to do, but they don't know what they're doing. I like commentaries. They do a great job at holding my office door open. I, I read them. I've got books. I've got so many books. Dear Lord, I don't need no more books. Well, maybe I do. I need some more Western books. Uh, anyway, um, I've got so many books on theology. They teach things that God never even thought about. It's amazing. Where did that come from? 
It must be that added section called concordance. It must have come out of there because it isn't in the written word. You know who can teach me? The Holy Spirit. That is his job. Read your Bible. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 13. And again, I'll put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the ch- uh, I and the children which God hath given me. What are we going to do? We're going to put our trust in him. How? By reading his word. I can't put my trust in someone I don't know. Think about that. I can't put my trust in someone I don't know. Psalm, 1, Psalm 18, verse number 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. The only way I know that, because I read it in the book. It's the only way. So number one, read your Bible every day. Every day day do you eat well don't eat till you read your bible if that's what it takes to get you to read your bible then don't eat till you read your bible Amen. i'm not going to say don't read uh, if do you sleep then read it before you go to sleep because if you do that you'll fall asleep trying to read it and you only get three or four words and yeah. you're out yep. Amen. so get up early and read your bible Amen. number two stop fearing stop fearing Stop being afraid. Did you know fear not is the two words that are in the Bible more than any other words? Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear is so powerful that you can fear yourself into what you fear. It's true. It's proven. Fear is so powerful that you can fear yourself and to what you fear, making it happen in your life because you fear it so much. That is how powerful fear is. That is why the Lord tells us over and over again, fear not. Fear paralyzes people. Subconsciously, we cause things to happen often simply because we fear him and we take the wrong step and we end up to step into that which we fear. So let me give you something here. Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 22. I'm going to go through these quickly so you might want to write them down. Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse number 22. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. How do I overcome fear? Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number 6. Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth good with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Psalm 34 and verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. There's a little inside joke right here between my wife and I and I have a hard time reading that verse without that joke. Psalm 56 and verse 3. What time I'm afraid? I'll trust in the Lord. I'll trust in thee, I should say. Psalm 23 and verse number 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Why? Because they take my fear away. Psalm 23, and, uh, and I'm sorry, Isaiah 41 and verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will, uh, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. There are seven verses right there on how to overcome fear. Seven verses that God gives us. Those are just a simple sampling of the word of God about fear and how to overcome it. So if I don't read the book, I can't stop fearing because I don't know what it says. So I'm never going to overcome fear if I'm not walking in the word of God every day. It's not good enough to wait until church time and you get a sermon at by Christianettes who no longer smoke cigarettes. <laughs> That's an old joke. <laughs> I said, number one, read the word of God. Number two, uh, every day, by the way. Number two, stop fearing. Number three, memorize God's word. Amen. Amen. Thy word, Psalm 119 and verse 11. You learn this as a kid. Yeah. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. We teach it to our children. It's part of the pledge of the Christian flag, by the way. When our kids learn that in Christian schools, they learn that in homeschool. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So I just gave you seven verses that you could memorize to overcome fear, to hide God's word in your heart that you could have victory and you would allow them, then you would have, then you will have allowed, somebody needs to say this for me. Then you would have allowed the, the almighty God to help you, strengthen you, guide you and let him speak for you, this is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived. Amen. They knew these verses, by the way. Yeah. They knew what the word of God said. David had already been on this earth. He had already written these psalms. This was a part of their singing. It was a part of their praise and their worship to God. They knew it. And they believed it. Because it was inside of them. And that's what we need to have the word of God inside of us. Number four, and this is my last one, so you can put your shoes on. We're almost done. <laughs> Prove God. Amen. Prove God. Malachi chapter three. Preacher read from that this morning. Or as I like to call it, the book of Malachi. <laughs> Malachi chapter three. Those who watched Happy Days when you were a kid know what I'm talking about. If you didn't watch that, then you don't know anything I'm talking about. Malachi chapter three and verse number 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that you may, there may be meat in my house. Now look at the next few words. And prove me. Yeah. Yeah. Prove me. Put me to the test. Yeah. Yeah. Do it and see what I will do. Prove me. As a preacher, I've helped many churches get their finances back to stable in churches. And here's what I tell them. You ready? Support missionaries. If you don't support missionaries as a church, then your church isn't tithing. Think about this. And God will not bless one that will not tithe. Churches say, well, we don't have the money to support missionaries. Oh, that kind of sounds like a church member that says we don't have the money to tithe. Same thing. It's amazing how many churches don't believe in giving and let the Lord give back to you. That say we got to hoard every penny we get because we can't survive that way. When the truth is, the more you give, the more God gives. 
The more you give, the more God gives. The more you give, the more God gives. Our preacher could tell you that's the truth behind our church finances. The more our church has given, the more God has blessed us. The more he has blessed us, the more we receive. Thus we can give more, and then we give more, and then we give more, and then he gives more, and then we give more, and then he gives more. Prove him. Put him to the test. He challenges you. I didn't write that. He did. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows in heaven and pour out my blessing, that there shall be no room enough to receive it. Allow God to show you that he is faithful. Amen. Allow God to show you that he will do it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, we're not doing it. We're not careful to answer you, king. I appreciate you. I'll follow you as my king, but I'm not doing this. You're not my God. And I am going to worship the Lord my God, and him alone will I serve. So if that means throw me in the fire, then do it. Because I'm not changing. I'm going to do this. And if God delivers me, great. And if he doesn't, that's just fine with me. All right, here you go. One, two. And as they tossed them in, the people that tossed them in dropped over dead because of the flame. That's what the Bible says. They drop in there and they start walking around. Oh, they put the air conditioning on. It feels pretty good in here. You guys got a jacket? I need a coat. They put their coats on because it says they had their coats on. They had their hosing on. They didn't smell smoke at all because it was air conditioned in there. But it was so hot it killed everybody else that was around it. Because they put their trust in the Lord. And give you some verses and we're done. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is our faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince and the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sin in his own blood. That's who I'm supposed to trust. Revelation 19, 11, And I saw the heavens open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon the horse was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. And then Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God of all, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Regardless, they're being delivered out of the king's hands, regardless of what happens. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So, whose power Are you trusting in tonight? God loves you. He wants the very best for you. Would you trust him and allow him to guide you and direct you? Put your faith in him. Depend on him. And watch what great miracles God can do.
Father, thank you for the truth you've given to us tonight. Holy Spirit, make it alive and real in our lives. Oh, Lord, please let us trust you. Please, Lord, help us to read your word every day and hide it in our heart. Help us to trust you, to know that we can prove you, and that you are there for us in every way. Help us to overcome our fears because that's what causes us not to trust in you. We're afraid that you're not going to do it, so let us prove you and show us thy mighty hand. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around, I may say this this evening, preacher, pray for me. I really want to put my trust in the Lord. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, hold it up nice and high just for a few moments. And thank you. You may put them down. Many hands. Father, you've seen the hands of your people. You know our hearts. You know our lives. I ask Almighty God that you would cause us to walk with you. Oh, please help us to read your word faithfully every day. Not just a few verses, not even maybe a chapter, but as much of it as you would give to us. And please, dear Holy Spirit, do what I can't do, no man can do, that we cannot do for ourselves. And teach us your word from from your word that we could apply to our lives. Bless this invitation time for your glory and honor, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If, If you'll stand to your feet, if God spoke to your heart, the altar's open, the music is playing.